Prejudice. How many of you are prejudicial? If you're honest, you're prejudicial. You are. You're either pre- listen, you're either prejudiced because of issues of, of difference. You're prejudiced because of issues of racial difference, social difference. What? I would substitute the word bias for prejudice. Okay. Well, but that's that's good. That's you know, Jay Kurtz brings a very interesting point. Bias, prejudice, favoritism. We all are biased, prejudiced, or favor show favor uh, to some over others. It's human nature. Alright? The, uh, the issues in our society today, there is racial tension uh, because of bias. I mean, the whole thing in Ferguson, and it's complicated, so I don't want to go into it. We're not going to talk about it because it's really not what we're talking about this morning, really. But we're biased, all of us in one way or another. Um, you know, as Jews, Jews are biased. Every once in a while, I try to explain myself. I'll say my, my father's side are German Jews, my mother's side are Russian Jews, and I'm therefore the product of a mixed marriage. Uh, and the reason why is because traditionally there's tremendous bias by the German Jews against the Polish Jews. You know, those poor oysties, those Jews from the East. You know, the, you know they, when they first came to America, you may not know this, but the German Jews that were established in America on the East Coast sent the Jews as far away as they could get them. Galveston came into being because the Jews, the German Jews in New York said, we don't want any more of these Russian Jews coming into the East Coast. Let's send them through Galveston to the middle of the country and get them out of here. You know, I mean, so there was prejudice that existed even within the Jewish community. Today, there's prejudice by secular or, you know, modern religious Jews to the religious. How many of you see, you know, the really, really religious Jewish community, and you kind of say, eh. You know, you say things like, well, they're dirty, they're noisy, they have too many kids, they don't know how to work. You know, there's prejudices. You go to the land of Israel, the Israelis have a tremendous, the secular Israelis have tremendous prejudice against the religious. The black hat, Haredi, religious, tremendous prejudice. Uh, Ashkenazi Jews have prejudice against Mizrahi Jews. Or Spartac Jews. We have prejudice. Now, this text that I'm going to talk about this morning, we're going to read, is a prejudice within a synagogue. The word here, by the way, is synagogue. Uh, the word ecclesia, theologically, people will, will, the word church in English comes from the word ecclesia. That's how it's been translated. The reality is, is that the community of believers in Yeshua. Uh, the, the words that are used to describe it are multiple. So for instance, synagogue is what is used here in, J, in James chapter 2 or Yaakov chapter 2. Ecclesia is used in another place and then there's other terms. It just so happens that in this text, in James 2, they're specifically referencing a synagogue. In your synagogue, don't show prejudice. And that is something for us to consider. So let's read the text. I'm going to read it through and then we're just going to talk about it and bring it to a conclusion. It says, My brothers and sisters, do not hold the faith of our glorious Lord Yeshua the Messiah while showing favoritism. For if a man with a gold ring and fine clothes comes into your synagogue and a poor person in filthy clothes comes in and you pay special attention to the one wearing the fine clothing and you say, sit here in a good place then you say to the poor person, stand there or sit by my footstool Haven't you made distinctions between yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? 
Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Didn't God choose the poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor person. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Don't they blaspheme the good name by which you were called? If, however, you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show favoritism, you are committing sin and are convicted by the Torah as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole Torah but stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. For the one who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not commit murder. Now if you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the Torah. So speak and act as those who will be judged according to a Torah that gives freedom. For judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Here we have in this text a very, a very simple command. Do not show favoritism within your community. The example that is used here is one of social or economic favoritism. Rich guy walks in. How do we know he's rich? It's very obvious. He's got a gold ring. How many of you got a gold ring that's not a wedding band? I don't. You know, some of you do. Okay, fine. All right. But what I'm saying is, in that culture, in at that time, even in our time, people often would wear wealth on their body. Okay? And so a gold ring, when he speaks of a gold ring and fine clothes, it's indicative of a wealthy person. A person that is, is wearing their wealth. When you see a wealthy person, a guy walks in with a $5,000 suit, you can tell. They look nice. They probably also have $500 shoes on. Uh, many years ago at the Marriott downtown, talking to the doorman, the doorman basically said that he can tell who has money and who doesn't have money just by looking at their shoes. But it's complicated too. Some people wear their wealth. Doesn't mean they're really wealthy. But in the context of this situation, you have the distinction. A man who's obviously, obviously well-to-do, who's wearing it, maybe even flaunting it. And then you have a person who comes in who is obviously poor. And it says here, filthy clothes. Now again, I think it's, an, it's, it's pushing the envelope a little bit. How many poor people that I know? How many common people, just normal, what I like to call the, the normal masses, how many people wear filthy clothes? Not that many. Come on. Poor people, people I know who are of limited means, who wear clean clothing and they look fine. All right? But here is the extreme. Just like you have the absurd extreme on the one side with the wealth, the guy flaunting his wealth. Here you have the absurd other side with a man who's so poor he can't even clean his clothing. And prejudice takes place. The rich guy gets a really good seat. The poor guy gets a really lousy position. He uses these extremes as well as the reaction of the people to make this point. He says, haven't you made distinctions in verse 4 between yourselves and become prejudice occurs within a congregation. Usually prejudice is not uh, because of these kind of extremes. 
I mean, in all the years that I've been involved in this community, once or twice someone has come in with, with filthy clothes, okay? Usually their issues are not social, they're more often mental, okay? But let's say someone comes into this community and they don't look desirable. They're more plain. Are you as friendly toward that person, whoever they are, when they walk into this place, as you are toward a person who seems desirable? That's only something for you individually to think about. Do you have any kind of bias toward people? If a person of color comes into this place, someone who you think is not Jewish, do you extend a hand of invitation? You know, nowadays, a person comes in who doesn't look Jewish. doesn't mean that they're not Jewish. <laughs> I love it. The other day, Jason Moraff was walking down the street with Aaron Budoff and passed by the Lubavitchers. And the Lubavitchers said, you want a late fill-in to Jason and ignored Aaron. <laughs> of course, Aaron's mother is a Jew. Bias. Easy for us to be people of Bias. People coming into our synagogue need to be treated equally. Really, they need to be shown a welcome, an enthusiastic welcome, equally. Not everybody who's going to walk into our synagogue is somebody that's going to stay in the synagogue. That's all another discussion. But every single person that comes to this place should be welcomed with enthusiasm and treated respectfully. That's the point of James chapter 2. Now, what are some of the problems with favoritism? First of all, if you look at it, we're past the command. We know what we're supposed to do. If you look at it, though, the teaching he goes into in 5 through 13 has to do with the illogical nature of favoritism. We try to impress often the wrong people. You know, in religious work, I mean, I know this as a rabbi, all right? Uh, And I know this from... My experience is one of what I've read and heard from others in the religious community. Sometimes religious leaders like to suck up to rich people. Why? Because rich people have the money. I've seen it. You know, maybe synagogue leaders. You know, they look past people's issues because they've got money. That's a bias. I mean, there are people... Now, recently, I, I, when I was in Munich, no, I'm sorry, Jerusalem, happens to me all the time. Walking down Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem, somebody yells, David Brickner! And he's looking at me, like, what are you doing? I'm not David Brickner. No, you're David Brickner. No, I'm not David Brickner. He looks at me, he says, Yurik, I'm Yurik. Oh yeah, Kirk! <laughs> to this, to Carlos, you look just like David Brickner. No, I do not. Not that David's not good looking, but it's not the point. So Yurik, though, Scholz leads a Messianic synagogue, Jewish believer, children of Holocaust survivors, leads a Messianic synagogue in Hamburg, Germany. Hamburg, Germany. One of the other elders in the congregation is a rich businessman who divorced his wife so he could marry another woman. In the congregation, people said, don't discipline him. He's a rich man. Yurik said he needs to be put out because he divorced his wife and married another woman. Alright? Sin. Sin. I'm not going to go into all the context, but just it's sin what happened. 
But what was sad is the response of the community, bias. He's a rich man. He has resources. We need him. Therefore, our scriptural expectations will be adjusted to accommodate him because he has wealth. Bias. I've seen it happen in so many occasions. The congregation suffered tremendously, Yurik was saying, because people wanted to keep a sinful rich man in the congregation. Now, people can sin uh, regardless of money. It doesn't matter. But you get the point, right? And what's also sad, unfortunately, is that uh, often the people that we try to impress, we do it because in some way... We think they're better than us in some way. There's something we want from them. Do you realize that that a bias often, especially when it comes to the rich, is an effort to manipulate? A manipulate. I have a friend of mine who is very wealthy. All right, and uh, you know I'm very careful on this situation with this man because I love him. He's my friend, and uh, and yet he has a lot of money. And I, he every once in a while he'll mention how people will try to kiss up to him to use the phrase because they want his money. They're trying to, to reach up to him because he's up here with resources they want. And he, they, they try to manipulate him to give money. It's sin. And it's also illogical. I mean, later on it says here, you know, don't these rich people, the ones who oppress you, <laughs> they drag you into courts? I mean, he's making that statement in the text because unfortunately... The rich in this time were the ones who had the money. And they would extend the loans. And when you defaulted on the loans, it's not like they were forgiven the loan. Back then they had debtor's prison. Now we have bankruptcy. It's a difference. Debtor's prison, you can't pay the loan. Well then you'll go to debtor's prison and your family will be sold off into slavery to pay for the loan. How many of you are in debt? <laughs> How many of you would like to go back to that kind of a situation? We'd all, be in, we'd all be in jail in America or sold into slavery. Now, thank God, although I don't like it, you'll just go to bankruptcy. Listen, 10, 10, and 10. Give 10, save 10, live on 80, and don't go into debt if you can get away with it. But he points out his obvious truth. It's the wealthy that loan, but then the wealthy that they themselves should become subject to. So why are you then biased toward them? All people should be treated equally. So he ends the chapter in verses 8 through 13 by just pointedly showing that bias, favoritism, is a sin. It's a sin. It's no different than any other sin. He points out the two most egregious. He says, uh, if um, uh, committing adultery and murder, right? When you think about the two most egregious sins that can be committed in terms of person to person, all right? Person to person. To take a life, all right, uh, which is murder, committing adultery, destroys in a different way, but it destroys life in a different way. Two egregious sins. But he's comparing bias to these sins. Have you ever thought of bias like that? Such an egregious sin as adultery or murder. But that's what he's equating it for. as Favoritism is a sin. And really what it is, it's false witness. It's bearing false witness. When you treat people unfairly, you're diminishing who they are. 
You're diminishing who they are. You're not, you're not living up to, to and admitting the value of that individual just for who they are. Everyone has value. Everyone is made in the image of God. Everyone needs to be treated respectfully. Everybody is different. We all have the good, the bad, and the ugly in us, right? We know that. We're all beautiful, but we all have our good, bad, and ugly. But we need to, we need to respect one another and treat each other equally in all those who come into this place. At the very end, it says, So speak and act as those who will be judged according to a Torah that gives freedom. Freedom. Think about it. You think about the Torah, you think of do's and don'ts, right? But yet when we really look at the Torah, the Torah provides true freedom. Because it gives us this opportunity to be in an open relationship with God. And when, and when lived by, the Torah gives us opportunity to live in open relationship with the people around us. True freedom. For judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. The, you know, um, again, going to uh, Eastern Europe, going to Europe, you know, the story of, of the Nazis. They were merciless people. Merciless people. And uh, after the war, uh, they were hunted down and killed uh, by the people that wanted vengeance on them. I mean, uh, that's part of the story that uh, we learned when we were there. Uh, I think it's better for us to practice mercy. Practice mercy. Someone walks in, we, 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 uh, we kind of size them up from afar. Mercy, deference, respect. You know, the image of God. What in the image of God is coming from that individual that I can focus on and look past anything else that might seem a little bit odd or different? You know, that's what God wants us to do. Let us remember, mercy always triumphs over judgment. God wants us to be people of mercy, people of grace to all those that are around us. So as we, we end this short message, showing favoritism, being prejudicial is sinful. Should never forget that. God has extended to us all equally His love and grace and salvation through our Messiah Yeshua. Consider how we treat one another and let us be sure that we are not harboring feelings or even actions of prejudice. Within our synagogue, show genuine respect to all as fellow members of our communion. Genuine respect. And some people you may not know so well, get to know them. You know, get to know the people you don't know so well. Because part of showing respect for people is trying to figure out who they are. Actually having time, spending, making time to get to know them is a way of showing respect for others. Outside of our synagogue, show genuine respect to all as fellow members of our society. Whether they are legal or illegal. Whether they are, are socially at your level or not. Whether they are economically advanced or deprived. Whether they are you know, very different culturally than you or not, show respect to all people within our society. As God regards us without favoritism, so we need to regard others without favoritism as well. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for the truth of your word and the challenge of it. I thank you, God, for the fact that you accept us. Because of our faith in Messiah Yeshua, you accept us. And you will not toss us you have, you have saved us, God, as you have saved all who bend the knee and submit to the truth of who Yeshua is. I pray, God, that we would be known as a people, as a community that is welcoming, a community that truly uh, demonstrates 
uh, respect for all. Again, we just thank you for your word and the challenge of it. We pray this in Yeshua's name.